to free beers and a movie. Nice. Hello and welcome to Three Beers and a Movie, where we are once again at the Raven, a noisy Raven today. Noisy Raven in Glasgow, yeah. yeah. It's uh, fairly busy, not a usual seat, so yeah, we've got yeah. a bit of noise around us, that's okay. So I am Richard Laird, you are Colin McKay. And once again, we are gathered to discuss our movie week. Our, our passion, yeah, our movie. So this is uh, number five. Five, yes. Um, what are you drinking today, Colin? I am drinking Gripton Lager. You are finally <laughs> drinking something that is not the piss water of the available, yes. <laughs> Not Spanish pisses. It only took five episodes you've actually finally drank something interesting. I am currently drinking Stillman's, which is a nice Scottish one. Actually, very light, very non-offensive. Scottish paleo? Kinda, yeah. It's not bad. Um, but then I also want to put the lager as well. We do have to kind of maybe move more through the, the menu, I think, to bring us a few new ones. we try a different beer every week as well? We should do that, yeah. Okay. Something different, yeah. I mean, we're doing the menu pretty much right now as well. Yeah, yeah, we we'll have it some, every single day. Some yeah. beers. Next week we'll try some interesting beers. Yeah. Well, it's not like some ridiculously tarry black <laughs> thing, you know, that will be alright. Um, but yeah, so, this week, I've actually quite a busy movie week yourself. You seen uh, much? I've only seen one this week. Um, I'm going to see a movie tonight. Which okay. I've already seen, so we've got to try and talk about that without really spoiling it for you. It for me, but the yeah. big release this week was... That was Transformers of Last Night. Yeah. But I also saw Gifted, which you're seeing tonight. Tonight, yeah. Uh, and I also saw a film called Hampstead. Okay. Which we'll get to later on. Um, and also saw The Mummy, but we'll touch on briefly, we've already done one on The we've Mummy. We've done one on The Mummy. But we you can want... have your thoughts on it, because you never, you never seen it. Yeah, so, so, we'll, so we'll start with that. The Mummy, um, you liked it? You actually quite enjoyed I, it? I enjoyed The Mummy. Um, I'm the, the, the back background here, Richard. Um, Richard is schooled in the world of movie, um, done some university stuff and things like that. I'm a popcorn movie go. So I tend to have a more kind of, yeah, that was good view movies, whereas Richard's a lot more technical and analytical than I am, but I enjoyed The Mummy here. Yeah, because someone who's kind of analytical really needs to know what a story is, you know. <laughs> um, the Mummy, it was it was absolutely, it was fine. It was a, a mauve, a passable, but instantly forgettable film. Yeah. It really forgot to bring anything funny to it, which I thought is a big thing missing from it. It was a PG, no, what a PG, it was a 15. 15 it without was, yeah. being in any way a horror, which I thought if you're going to go 15, you can go full on horror at that yeah, point. There was but no never horror, really done that. No sex or drugs or anything. Nothing, yeah, it was it, very, very bland. Yeah. I think when they got a 15 was like an art show in it, that you saw her back end and you saw a naked Tom Cruise. Not really, not all the right moves, naked Tom Cruise, but yeah, you got an idea that Tom Cruise is not wearing much. Yeah. And that yeah. pretty much. But then, that was in Wonder Woman as well, you don't think of that at 15 at Wonder Woman, so was no, it? No, 12A, honestly, maybe it was just, maybe it's because it's a horror movie, it just kind of steps up a notch yeah. when it comes to ratings perhaps, but it could have been a 12A yeah. and a bigger audience. I've been trying to read the BBFC um, sort of uh, report on it, because obviously every film submitted to BBFC, yeah. they decide what the rating is, yeah. and if you are a geek and a sad person like myself, you will read these <laughs> to understand why a film has got a rating it's got. I haven't read this one, so I have to check it out, but yeah. Let's see why, yeah. yeah. You, can, you can update us on that next week. But you said you give it a 3 star, or 5 out of 10? I think I'll give it a 5, but kind of 5, 6 out of 10, yeah. I would, I would say 2.5. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's nothing special. Um, but not as bad people made it out to Not me. as bad, it, it's, it's setting up the Dark Universe. Um, that annoyed me a little bit. It kind of threw everything at it, you know, where like we're going to have this and here's a, a vampire skull and here's a mermaid skeleton and it gave you all this stuff to you. Like, we can't understand what you're doing anyway, you don't yeah, have you don't to. Need, it's a mummy film, for fuck's sake, yeah, you know what a mummy film is. Yeah. Let's have the mummy and the rest can, you know, follow what it does. So yeah, can I agree with you that? I mean, we'll digress on that because we're already talking about the mummy at length, yeah. so we'll move on from that. So, the first film I saw this week was a film called Gifted, 
gifted which stars. Uh, more importantly, it's directed by Mark Webb. Do you know who Mark Webb is? No. Mark Webb, I'm happily, uh, just for pure karmic reasons, directed Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but before that, he was a big music director. He's done a lot of music videos. Right. Um, but the thing he did that I absolutely love is 500 Days of Summer. Oh, it is a properly good romantic sort of like comedy. It's a is that the one with Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Joseph Gordon-Levitt, it's got Emily Deschanel in it as well. Heath Ledger? Sorry? Heath Ledger? No, no not Heath Ledger, no. no. Um, but no, it's, if you get a chance to watch it, Union Lady, it's a, maybe not Union Lady, it's, a, it's, not, it's not a happy romance, but it's a good romance film. Okay. Okay, but it's definitely worth watching. I'll try and go down Yeah, definitely for that one. Um, and we've done that, Amazing Spider-Man as well. He's now ditched that franchise, or that franchise ditched him and has moved on. Yeah, um, <laughs> so he's moving on to other things now. Then we've done, still Gifted. Um, it's got Chris Evans, everyone's favourite Chris right now. Oh, that's it. Oh, Pratt or Evans? I prefer Evans over Pratt, to be honest. I think I'm more Pratt. Pratt's very religious, and that, 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 that noise. I'm just talking about on-screen persona. On-screen persona, yeah. yeah. I think Pratt. Pratt's got that cheeky charm about him, he swaggers about and stuff like that. Evans is, is chiselled and he's unearthly handsome, but no, Pratt's, Pratt's got a kill. I think I'm Team Evans. If yeah. I had to pin down, Team Evans. I'm Team Pratt. Team Pratt. Oh, okay, we'll um, so, Chris <laughs> Evans, for you don't know, he's obviously Captain America, Fantastic Four. Um, Scott Pilgrim, before we go, yeah. I love him and not another teen movie, which you haven't seen, I don't think. Parts of yeah. it, I think I kind of drifted apart, kind of left for some of it behind. I did see him in it, yeah. He absolutely steals it. Like a really, it's, yeah. actually, it's one of the few sort of parody comedies over the last, like, say, 15 years that actually works as a parody comedy. It's more in the vein of your airplanes rather than being like a scary movie shit and yeah. uh, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. Just it's turn them out, you know, for yes. them not funny. It's got a little bit about yeah. it. Um, also in it is a woman, uh, a woman, a young girl called McKenna Grace. A lot of television, you're a very young girl, uh, she also had Independence Day Resurgence, so she survived so that. She's forgettable. Yes, I mean, that, as that film is completely, <laughs> utterly forgettable, and we will, I will never talk about it again, but it's, oh my god. Um, also in it is Jenny Slate. She does a lot of voiceover work for Despicable Me, Lego Batman, she's Harley Quinn, Lego Batman, yeah. um, also lots of television, and um, more importantly right now, she may be, but not entirely sure, she may be banging John Hamm. So, not entirely sure if she is, but if she is, like, well done to her. Yeah, good you know, We're all exceptionally yeah, jealous. A handsome man. Yeah. Yeah. jealous of both her for being banged by John Hamm <laughs> and for her for banging John Hamm. Um, John Hamm. No, John Hamm indeed. Uh, you've also got Lindsay Duncan, a Scottish actress actually, who is also in Birdman and About Time and also a mirage of BBC ITV television. Yeah, okay, she in Can't remember. Okay. Um, and also, everyone's favourite right now, Octavia Spencer. Hidden Figures. Oh, right. oh, right. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Also yeah. in the Hell, Fruitvale Station. Right. She rocks up. For, I was watching it recently. Spider Man one, the, the Sam Raimi one. She's a girl at the um, the wrestling match. She's like, "May God have mercy on your soul." When he's signing up oh. for it, yeah. Oh, that was a break. Yeah, I thought it was a break. Yeah. She was definitely. If I looked at the IMDb, she got a lot of stuff on her IMDb. She's been around for a lot longer than you think. Okay. Um, just get in a moment. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's the main cast. I'm not going to ruin it for Colin. It's a very fluffy film. It's very. If you've seen the trailer for it, you can probably tell exactly where this film is going. And it doesn't really do much that you're not expecting. Okay. Okay. Does it tug at the heartstrings? Does that Yeah, it does. It knows what it's going for. It yeah. knows what it's aiming at. It doesn't really try not to do that. Right. Um, I would say if it wasn't for the fact that it was Chris Evans in it, it would probably be like a direct-to-DVD or even a TV movie. Okay. You know, it is. But completely harmless 
in every way. And you will find a wee smile in it as well when you're watching it. Okay. So earlier Richard and myself were talking about Chris Evans, is he a good actor or not? I would say he's he doesn't not do good in this, you know what I mean? He's sort of he, he's passable. Does he can do you see past Chris Evans and he's definitely not Captain America there's a few things he does in this film you're going to go oh you're not quite as nice as Captain America which right. you'll see when you do it um, but yeah he's, he plays on the fact he's very handsome yeah. and pretty much everyone in the film at some point will comment on just how handsome he is and he is he is a very handsome man yeah, yeah. Um, the thing I liked about it was uh, McKenna Grace the young girl in it who is just this right side of being very cute but not irritating Okay, which is, yeah, rare for... It's a fine line to draw, you know, because I think the last one I remember I've seen that was Dakota Fanning in War of the Worlds. Yeah. Where she was very charming, very cute, but was not editable in any way. Yeah, she was not, you know, looking to be a child star actress, yeah. Yeah. Most child actors, you really, you do, after five minutes, I mean, I hate, I love Jerry Maguire, but I hate the kid in Jerry Maguire. He annoys the shit out of me. Okay. Everyone loves him, but he bugs the (laughs) crap out of me. I don't care how much human head weighs, shut up, little child. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so if you get a chance to go see Gifted, it's one of those films, I wouldn't waste money to go to cinema to go and see it. I mean, I've got the freebie ticket for it, so it's not so bad. If you watch it on, on Netflix or at home one day, you'll be fine with it. Yeah, and the whole family's got his mum, dad, granny, everybody can watch it. Out of ten? Out of ten. Out of five, I do it, I would say three. It's a very, it's a very solid three star movie. Sounds watchable. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that tonight, and I will give it five cents for next week. Can you visit? And the second film we got to, we're going to move over very briefly before we get to the main event, uh, was a film called Hampstead. Hampstead is it a year old English film? It very much is. It is directed by a guy called Joe Hopkins, yeah. who's done a film called The Love Punch, Emma Thompson, and also Last Chance Harvey, Hoffman and Thompson. So it's that. It's, uh, right. Essentially, the plot of the film is. Is Thompson in this film? No. No, okay. Uh, it's got Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton does something for you, doesn't she? She's a fucking amazing actress, that's what she does for me. She lights up a screen with she appears on it. She is very likeable, yeah. yeah. Um, also, Brendan Gleeson as well. Okay, so heavyweight. I like yeah, Brendan Gleeson, yeah, very yeah. good actor. Yeah. Um, you know, we know everything he's in. Um, and also, I'm, again, a myriad of television actors from Britain. Okay. In London. The basic plot of the film is that Diane Keaton's husband has died about a year ago. She's from an American in London, feeling a little bit lonesome in life. She then looks out a window, she sees a very large bearded Brendan Gleeson jumping out of a, a pond in the middle of Hampstead Heath. She starts spying on him essentially. They then start to interact with him. He's living in this sort of shack in the middle of the, of the, of the, of the forest. Okay. And developers want to try and take this over and build a massive condo like London flats for millions and millions of dollars. And he's not having it, and it's sort of they go to court to try and stop it from happening. It's okay. based on a true story. When's it set? I think I'm going to say the early 2000s. The look of it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Probably early. So it's two- not a period drama. No, definitely not. No, no. Right, I thought it was a period drama. No, 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 no. In no. like, a Victorian London. No. Okay. It's based on a true story, they say, but there's very little in it that actually tells you like what parts are true, what parts are not. Did you do any research after I did not, no. I, I didn't really care enough to do any research after it, to be honest. Um, it's definitely not a Daniel Blake film, but it's not, not like... It's, it's most definitely the middle-class version of that, where people go bankrupt, but don't really go bankrupt. Yeah, no one really suffers in this Yes, movie. you know, you go bankrupt, but you still have enough money left to buy a nice cottage in the middle of the you know Cheshire countryside, where you have a boat and you have a pier, 
and you have chickens and everything, and you can live a happy life. Poor Brendan having such a horrid life. Well, he's yeah, that's not him. That's more the um, Diane Keaton character. Right. Gleason is. He does what Gleason does. He's very, he's very gruff and much the same way as Gifted. You can probably tell from moment one where this film is going to go. Yeah. Who's going to happen to who? Nothing particularly stand out about it. DVD watch? DVD watch, Netflix watch, not one for cinema. Okay. Even I went and seen it and I thought it would be The White Hair Brigade. There was literally about three people in the cinema I went and seen it. Okay. And so okay. it didn't really set the world on fire. Um, actors are all solid, but yeah. So it's a blockbuster movie. Five or six star. Yeah. Inoffensive, but yeah. nothing really right all about. Out of five, two, two and a half, three? Yeah, if, well you go, your ten would be six, I would say maybe, yeah, I'd probably put it, yeah, maybe the low end three. Okay. Go entry. I will wait for Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I would not bust my energy to try and go and see it. Okay. Definitely not worth the time for that one. Cool. So on to the main event, <laughs> and that's why we rush through it really quickly. We want as long as possible to talk about what right. was. Okay, Michael fucking Bay. Transformers: The Last Night, directed by Michael Bay, who we'll get onto later. So we won't go too yes. much into him. We'll okay. talk about it later. Starring. Marky Mark. Marky Mark. Mark, 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 Mark. Me, me and Richard actually do more personalised Marky Mark. Marky Mark, yeah, I will never refer to him as Wahlberg, I will only call him Marky Mark. Mark. He is Marky Mark. That's how we have conversations with him, Marky Mark, <laughs> yeah. how are you? I'm okay boys, how are you? Yes. Um, also we've got Anthony Hopkins in it. Anthony Hopkins was in it. Yeah, we also have uh, Josh Dumail. Josh Dumail was in it. He was in it. Not going to worry, they've been a lot of stuff. Uh, we also have a girl called Laura Haddock. Uh, no, I didn't know who she was. She is in Guardians of the Galaxy. She is the mother of Star-Lord at the very start of the film. Yep. Um, she's also in Stories 24, which is quite a decent wee horror film uh, from Britain. Um, and also in the film called The Indipreneurs Movie, which I will never watch and refuse to watch on principle. Okay. Okay. Um, so, shall we get on to things we like about this film, first of all? Yeah, it's going to be a short conversation, this one. What do you like? <laughs> I like Anthony Hopkins. I like Anthony Hopkins as well. He had fun. He um, was treating it for what it should be treated yeah, like, yeah. He, he knew it was a piece of nonsense and he was having fun with it. Um, and he had a shit ton more than I thought he would be in it as well. He did a lot. I thought he was a five minute camera. He yeah. actually is a main actor in this film. He even, even has a stunt scene in this film. Yeah, it, <laughs> he's, he's looking old, but you know what? He, he really goes for yeah. it. It's almost an actual film, almost. He, he enjoys it a lot. Yeah, he's had a lot of fun. I don't know if he's a grandkid. Good lines in it as well. Yeah, and um, Stanley Tucci as well, quite enjoyed in it. He was, yeah, he, he's good in it as well. Again, he had about. 10 minutes on screen on total. I think. that. But he he owns his 10 minutes. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he, he's done it before they do it again. Yeah, yeah. just comes on, does what he does, and then swans off, and you're like, yeah, he was good. He's not good. Thank you. Um, he's touchy, he's touchy, he can do what he wants to do. Yeah. I mean, all we can do that. Yeah. Um, I also actually quite enjoyed Laura Haddock in it. I think she had a really shit script to work with, and the no kind of, she actually came across as relatively charming. Forget him, I thought. I've just afterwards, I've never given a pass before. I thought he was all right. I actually yeah. quite liked him. Uh, I liked him. John Chitaro was good at it. Again, yeah, he's done it before. He's again, five again. minutes, he had it. And yeah, five, and again, he comes in and he kind of makes you laugh a wee bit, and then he's off again. I liked him without spoiling for anyone. Cogman is a new transformer. Former, yeah. yeah, he was fun. Um, he got a bit more abusive and abrasive as, as he went on. Yeah. But he started out really, really fun, and I enjoyed Cogman a lot. I don't know who voiced him, but Cogman was, was good fun. It's someone actually from Downton Abbey. Right, okay. I can't remember the name now, but he's from Downton Abbey. He was a lot of fun. He's yeah. the most, probably the most interesting character, because, 
I mean, there is a story there about him because obviously he's, he looks like a transformer. He's not a transformer. He doesn't really transform at any point, does he? I don't know. But yeah, it doesn't show him transforming. So it I doesn't look like he's got any kind of motor parts attached to him. He looks more like a he has like a year old st- like a uh, pocket watch almost. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cogsman was he's like the the, the, the robot butler uh-huh. or um, Anthony Hopkins in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's fun, he just gets a lot of snappy lines and a, lot of, a few dick jokes and stuff like that as well. And he was fun in it. Other than that, yeah. it was. So my next thing I'm going to do is to try and explain the plot of this film. Yeah, I'm going to sit back and wait here. Um, because I was sitting watching it and I'd never talked about I'd never talked cinema. I am a complete cinema Nazi. I want complete yeah. silence during a film. Yeah. Um, unless something's funny, you can giggle. Short moment, you can have a. <gasps> Yeah. Well, I don't want to hear people talking about the plot or what's going on. I don't want to hear people yeah, watch, the movie. watch the goddamn yeah. film. You can be quiet for Nick for, I think this lasted about 19 hours. Be quiet for 19 hours. <laughs> but I went 40 minutes through the, into this film. It had been to pretty much every continent at least twice. At least twice. Yeah. I had been to space. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I had no clue what was going on. And I had to turn to Jill and go, what the hell is happening? And she was looking at me like completely blankly. I'm glad it's not just me because yeah. I, I feel like you would take, take a lot of LSD go watch it and you might you, I don't you, think you, you might understand it yeah. but yeah, it's not designed for a normal function human brain to, to understand. No, I think I'm a relatively intelligent guy when it comes to understanding film. Like yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I and, Follow a plot, yeah. Follow a plot, and also, like these big blockbusters normally don't need that much talent or much interest to follow a plot on it. This thing is all over the place. At 90 minutes, I still had no fucking clue what the plot yeah. was about. I still, actually, after seeing the movie, I'm still like, kind of, mm. so what, you know, which, you know, start it, to finish, is, is it a straight line for this movie? Because at the two hour mark, you think they've, at the two hours mark, they thought you think they've got a plot as they hit the conclusion. But then in the conclusion, they change it about three times yeah, as to what the so threat is. Lose you again. Absolutely. It made no sense at all. I, mean, I was reading a lot of reviews on IMDb, and that seems to be the biggest bugbear for a lot of people is just incoherent plot. The complete incoherent plot. No and this film had three very good writers on it. Yeah. Well, not very good, sorry, they had three writers on it. They're not very good, but. The writers room for this film, sorry, had an actually very talented writers room. Right. A couple of Oscar winners in there. He had a Goldsmith in there. He won an Oscar, and a couple of Pulitzer Prize winners I think were in the writers room right. as well. Okay, so so, what happened then? So where's it gone? Yeah. Was uh, there production problems or something? Not. They never had any problems on the fact that it was in production. That was the only real problem they had. Somebody stopped this movie. Well, on the fact I didn't know what the plot was, it was insanely long. It dragged on. And on, and on. For I think two hours and twenty minutes. I mean, maybe? I would put it in the nine year mark. I mean, I'll do it forever. <laughs> Feels like nine years. Um, I think it runs at about two hours twenty minutes. Yeah. And after about fifteen minutes in, you're done. You're done. Yeah. You, could, you, you don't need any more than that. Oh. I can make it a short film and it be a much more enjoyable experience. Yeah. Again, biggest problems are minuscule Optimus Prime. Yeah. Fifteen minutes. I mean, the best thing you've no idea who anyone is because they're all just black or like sort of motorized things yeah. about, so you don't really know who's on whose side. If you go back to the 80s Transformers, 
Zelda's like Kurt and Redguard and all these really amazing Transformers and it's like why are you using fucking Volleyball and, and, and not fucking Kurt or, or, or Redguard you know, or something like that you know Scourge or something, what, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I mean, even go back to the first one, the first one probably later on properly, but back to the first Transformers film, there's about, what, half a dozen in it in total? Yeah. And, and you can roughly follow, and I, I actually quite enjoy the you first Transformers. You get to know them, you know who they are, like Barricade, Optimus, Jazz, Bubble Bee, you know who they are in this one? No idea. They have a giant dinosaur again for some reason. Again, Grimlock, I think Grimlock was in a duty fan pressure. Grimlock's in this movie for about four or five minutes. Yeah. There's nothing. No. So they've got a, a robotic T Rex, which is mostly on paper the great thing ever. Yeah. You haven't played about the that, That's it. They have a fucking robotic dragon at one point as well. Yeah. A three-headed robotic dragon. There's nothing. Again. Yeah, it does nothing. Pointless. It just, it just puts stuff in for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's all the way through. It's like, here's a robot, it's dead now. Here's the robot, it's dead now. It's like, do you know what? Let me fucking care about them before yeah. you kill them. Give them, give them a, a role. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And you listen to the interview of this film, the guys talk about, they always say the biggest part people want to see is the human story of this thing. No, it's not. No. I do not give a shit about Marky Mark. No. All I want to see is a giant robot with a giant sword thing or another robot with a giant yeah. sword. But done well. But done well, yeah, yeah. with a plot and a structure to it. Yeah. I want to see that. Absolutely, yeah. You know, I don't, I mean, beyond the performance of the other actors in it, right? well, Anthony Hopkins, we'll give a pass to Anthony Hopkins, Anthony Hopkins, yeah. having fun for it. Josh Duhamel, give me his character name. Who was he in it? He yeah, is, he exactly, he, he, you know, he, he got the week off from Starbucks, he turned up at this, and this is what he's doing now. <laughs> Josh Dumel is loving life, and he gets called back to these films every time he has done nothing in his career. Who does he play in the movie? He plays like a, a, SWAT, not a SWAT team, like a military, paramilitary leader or something like that, doesn't he? Sort of, right, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Okay, the one who's in all of them, yeah. but for no reason other than that he's in all of them. <laughs> he's in them. Um, Mark Wahlberg was doing every Mark Wahlberg he possibly could. Yeah. Um, Mark Wahlberg can't carry a movie. No. I like Marky Mark a lot. I, I love Marky Mark. Um, he's got the abs, he's got the biceps, and he, he can bring fun to a film with Ted and stuff like that. But At one point he was doing Ted in this. He couldn't say that. He was really, really couldn't say that. He, he was really kind of gruff and abrupt in this one. But then at times he was trying to do the comedy and it's like, you're not, you're yeah. not to pick a tone for fuck's sake. He kind of dropped to charming his hand previously. Oh. He became this kind of gruff arsehole almost. It, it was almost an unlikable character. Yeah, but at least pick a consistent... He wouldn't be gruff all the way through it, by yeah. all means be gruff. At least no, it, it, it goes from... Yeah. He's changed... Every, almost every scene changes what... What Mark and Mark were going to get? Yeah. Um, I love um, Peter Cullen. Still sounds amazing. I mean, again, every time Pound speaks, you, you, you tune in because that voice is. It's a great voice. Wow. It's a phenomenal wow. voice. Yeah. Um, I, alone this, but I thought the CGI was poor in this one. At times you could see. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was weaker. Aye. But is the budget been trimmed or? No, I, think no, I don't think so. Maybe they were trying to cram in so much. Possibly, yeah. maybe time as well. But, but no, there was a few scenes that were not. I mean, there were some amazing scenes yeah. as well. Some beautiful, beautiful fucking robots killing uh, each other. But yeah, some of it was a bit... CGI was all, all this. The new version of CGI that brought this now that you can do everything. Yeah. It's always invented for this kind of film. Yeah. To have giant robots. Which didn't seem to utilise the CGI that can do that. Uh. Yeah, almost, yeah. yeah. On to other things, it, uh, the, 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 the blatant sexism in it was like beyond belief. But Michael Bay shoots cars like women, women like cars, that's his timeline now all There's literally a scene where Laura Haddock gets kidnapped and yeah. wearing like a pair of like riding jodhpurs and a pair of trainers. Yeah. While she's been kidnapped when she gets found, the next scene she's walking through, while still being kidnapped, 
she's now wearing a slinky stripper dress and high heels. Oh, she has to change. Does she have a change of clothes for when she gets kidnapped? She's like, hold on, if you're going to kidnap me, you know, let me slip into something more comfortable. Now you can kidnap me. Yeah, she's 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 classy. Just again, so like, what the? I mean, we all remember the shot has of like Rosie hunting Whiteley in the first one. It's the fourth one. The third one, third one yeah. when he just basically filmed her arse, that's the first thing you see yeah, about her arse. So the first one with the hood shot and Megan yeah, we know what, yeah, we know what Michael Bay likes, yeah. but come on, I mean, at least be subtle. Don't make a character who's been kidnapped change costumes. I don't think Megan has ever been accused of being subtle. That's, no, yeah, not his strong point, not, I do agree. It's not his strong point at all. Um, so script, the acting, pretty woeful. Storytelling was non-existent, yeah. I agree. I thought it was, um, this movie's a 12A. Uh-huh. So this is aimed at primarily 12, 12-year-old kids and older, but if you feel, you know, your 8-year-olds can watch it, take them in, there's a lot of dick jokes and smut and just unnecessary stuff that, you know, you, did the robot really have to say shit or, you uh-huh. know, suck my dick or whatever? Could an 8-year-old follow this film, though? I couldn't. No, so that was the point, yeah. I, I think Stephen Hawkins would have done this one. <laughs> I think it would just be, I don't know. Maybe we'll see it just spin around in circles yeah. and blow up. No. I mean, this film had not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six editors. Right. Okay. Six fucking editors in a film, and yeah. between them, they could not make sense of this film. No, no one. Uh, the only person that knows what this film's about is Michael Bay. I don't think Michael Bay knows about this film. I felt, right. I felt, <laughs> I honestly felt this was lackluster for Michael Bay. Yeah, it's Michael Bay by numbers. It was, yeah, it was phoned yeah. in almost, yeah. It is, it's like, I, I like big robots, they're going to kill each other. Yeah. Oh, the story, yeah, they, they, yeah. They, that's the story, there you go, and yeah, it made no sense. And there was no story? No, none so, at all. So, is it the worst film of this year so far? Oh, quite possibly, yeah. Maybe not the worst made film, but... I know, but you can't... I mean, technically, it's proficient. The biggest disappointment, because it's a big blockbuster, and you go in thinking, cool, Transformers, robots, characters are loving, you come out thinking, that was a mess, I don't know what I've seen, why I've seen it, and why anyone was doing any of what I've seen. I mean, are we the idiots? I mean, this is not exactly a new thing. You know, because it is a franchise of um, increased profits, but diminishing artistic return. Yeah, first one was good, second one alright, third one didn't. bad, fourth one I, I awful. Fourth one awful. I miss his worst. So I mean are we yeah. dumb for going to, I mean we are am I part of the problem by going to see this film? Well, why shouldn't we expect what we got with the first one again? You know what, what you shouldn't go and expect anything less than that. I, I do deliver less than that then fucking shame on me and shame on us for going to see it. Yeah, I'm going to expect him, you know, a good Transformers movie. There's hope there still. Do you think you feel like you're watching the first one with a real sense that Spielberg is exactly just on that film? Yeah. He had heavy involvement in maybe the story and the plot in the moments. There's definitely elements of Spielberg in it. There's a lot more. Boy in his car. Yeah, a lot more human story in it. Still robots killing each other, but it's what we were saying earlier. Even back then, it's so much you care about. You know who they all are at that point, and they got to a point where they're just throwing robots on screen. It could be a total fight in the iron, you know, the fucking difference between yeah. that and Megatron, you know, and, and Optimus half the time, because it is just a big white cum shot of fucking metal grinding metal. I mean, this is a film where it's got a scene in it where, he, where it not only has King Arthur's court, it has Bumblebee taking on the Nazis. That's right. Yeah, oh, I enjoyed that bit, strangely. Yeah, if I try to keep the Transformers secret, why do they have a poster with Bumblebee on it? Yeah, okay, I get that. <laughs> and um, then also, it has a... It has a in a container in Anthony's office, he's got the watch that killed Hitler. 
the watch to you. Yeah, I mean, that's a film in itself. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, and then you know, Michael Bay making that film. Oh, maybe, maybe pass it to someone else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like I completely forgot. That's the most ridiculous stupid thing I've ever heard in my life. But I kind of want to see that I film. I want to see that film. I thought that. Without spoilers, the start of the movie opens up in um, the Dark Ages and it goes King Arthur on us. Yes. And it, it's terrible. Yeah, it's awful. Uh, Monty Python does a oh. better King Arthur and there's this from the tongue in cheek. They know yes. what they're doing. This is just terrible. I mean, it's better than the recent King Arthur film and that's telling you something. I've not seen that. <laughs> um, I don't think I want it now. But oh, it was, I was kind of waiting for it to... to realised that it was funny and it just never did no. it never kind of had that self realisation it was just like these are serious it's, 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 it's not tongue in cheek it's, it's, it's not whole face it's like they think they can and they're minus Schindler's List yeah and it's it's not and that's the real problem it's, you know? it's not it's a it's a fun fucking monster movie you know have fun yeah just it's an awful but, yeah, awful film um, the Bumblebee bit and, and that's generally really impressed me that there's um but for those of you who don't know, there's a Transformers um, comic book called Hearts of Steel. Right. And it's set from historical eras like um, the American Civil War and stuff like that, where Bumblebee's a train and, and uh, Megatron's like a, you know, a big kind of howitzer gun and stuff like that. Um, the submarines and stuff like that, biplanes. And I don't know if they're kind of trying to maybe shoehorn that in a wee bit, but going Bumblebee. What is somebody a Transformer? There has been something. No, what somebody in the film was it a Transformer? I don't think so, no. How did it get in the water then? I don't know, because <laughs> how did any of this film make sense? There was just loads of stuff in this film that was just like, like, like what wiki? The what wikings? How? Why? Like, <laughs> it was just like, oh, okay, right, we'll just accept that with no fucking explanation as to why the what wikings and who they are and what they've done, and that's fine, Michael Bay. So there's a lot of shit in that. Yes. <laughs> if the submarine being in the water is not the biggest. Why did that happen? Question. No, no, it's not. That's not. That's not the biggest question in this film. It's just a question I have about the film. It's a film made up of about nineteen different plots. Yeah. All yeah. half thought out. Yes. And never in any way resolved at any point throughout the film. None. You do. You leave just thinking. I don't understand. And you feel bad for not understanding. Like you're the problem. The movie's a problem. It's not me or you. No, I don't like, think it is. A lot of people that don't understand it. It's because it's an incoherent fucking movie. That, yeah. That's why. Like I can follow bad films. Yeah. Like I'm okay with bad films. Just not Transformers. And I can follow complex films as well. Yeah. But, but I struggle with Transformers. This a, is a different. A complex game. bad film is something really hard to follow. <laughs> It, it's, I would. It's definitely the biggest. It's the biggest show this year because the money spent on it. If I had to sit and watch that or Baywatch again, oh, I would probably watch Baywatch just because it's shorter. Really? Because oh. it's only about 90, 100 minutes long. Right. Okay. Whereas this is, you know, five years long. Yeah. You, know. you have aged since you. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I thought the time that I spent in that film was longer than I spent my rest of my life before it. So you went in, and it was two thousand seventeen. Yeah. You came out. It was actually winter two thousand twenty-one. Oh, I, I was like, <laughs> Daredevil season three had dropped on Netflix when I came out this film. <laughs> I was like, I, was like, I, I miss yeah. the Defenders. But, but, I mean, big films like that. They, they can be long and enjoyable, like when you look at Civil War and stuff, they come out the same run time and they finish and you're like, God, I want more. This huh. was just a fucking chore for the first opening kind of scene. It was a chore to the very end. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And it's a relief when it's finished, you're like, I'm kind of glad now, Julia. I'm, I'm going to walk out about as quick as I can and try and understand this movie. And yep. You just fucking can't do it. It's and, no I, know, I think the night before that, I saw Baby Driver. 
So, yeah, so, so it's going so, from what the best one of the year to the biggest pile of crap of the year, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, we have seen if it's going to remain on the ship list all year, but I'm fairly confident it could be the Turkey of the year. It does seem like a, a real, what's that award thing you got, Raz? The Razzies? Yeah. Oh, there's a few Razzies and there's a, a few more as well, maybe. Definitely a Razzie fodder right now, isn't it, yeah? Absolutely, yeah, um, absolutely. But it's going to make money. It's going to make a shit of money. Uh, and they'll set a sequel up as well. Yeah, Michael May will keep churning them out until somebody assassinates them. It's not, like, it's not pay as well, it's the production company behind it as well. I mean, they're making money off this thing. Yeah. It does gangbusters in China. As much as we all think that America is the biggest market, America's not the biggest market in film anymore, it's China. Right. If a shit film does well in China, that's a remake. They that's a sequel. No, that's not going to save the mummy. The mummy's getting panned in America, it's not doing really great in Britain either. It's going to do big in China, and we're going to get this dark universe thing they're trying to sell because, because China likes this stuff. There's a lot of people in China that watch movies. If they keep buying these things, we're going to keep seeing them. Merchandise as well, I mean, they're covered with that. They make a mint of Transformers toys as well. Yeah, of course, course can, yeah. Endless these toys as well. But yeah, Which so I have a good collection of them. You do, yeah. Just say, yes. um, out of, you, do, you do out of 10, what do you give out of 10? Two. Is that good for the effects, really, more? Are they good effects? Four. Anthony Hopkins and Corbin. Fair enough. They were the only saving graces in this fucking shitstorm of a movie. This can opener of a fucking hell. Yeah, what would awful. you give out of five? Um, I'm going one and a half out of five. Why, one, why not one? <laughs> For the same reason with yourself, Hopkins and Tucci gave me a laugh. The effects in it as well, when they were good, it's still it's still too giant for robots hitting the shit around robots. I'm I'm kind of all about that. I like it's, that. It's still right there. There's nice CGI, but there's also shitty CGI as well, which is all too painful. Exactly. Yes. I don't want you shouldn't have to pay. We don't. We obviously get them to get a ticket gratis, but you shouldn't pay twelve fifty to go and see a fucking movie and you know crowd watching PlayStation two graphics at times. It did feel very pleasant. Yeah. I thought very sort of almost like a very video game at times. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So yeah, very disappointed. Uh, yeah. Michael, I mean, Michael B. Fuck as you, much as we you thought know. it was going to be bad, it was worse than we thought. Michael B. You're better than us. Yeah. If, if you're listening, Michael B. Which I'm sure you are. At home, <laughs> you fucking fancy big Hollywood home. You know, just stop, man. You know, just fucking stop. I'll go read Hearts of Fucking Steel and, and make that a movie. That's a movie for you, Michael B. So. I'm on to Brooklyn Lager now. Are you still on Brooklyn Lager? I'm still on Brooklyn Lager as well. Okay. Yeah. Right, so now we're going to go ahead and do what we just We've spoken about Michael Bay's film. Let's chat about Michael Bay's... Michael Bay generally, yes. Michael Bay's career, shall, shall we say. Um, he's, a man, he's a man who is not short of scale. No, no, definitely not. I mean, he started out as a music director. Which I didn't know because Richard said to me do your fucking homework because usually I say it every week saying I've not seen this I've not seen that I don't know what the fuck you're talking about so so Michael said do your fucking homework do your homework wait today which you done and do you know what this man was quite a big part of my childhood yeah because he, he done a lot of uh, videos and I was what, what, what was his video career what, what did he do that right, you, you, you like let me phone around or something well we're talking things like Great White um, videos for Great White, the band Great White. The one who did that explosion in the bar, yes. Uh, Aerosmith. What one to do Aerosmith? He did a couple which was... Loving, loving, falling in love with Harden Lee, surely. Yeah, um, he then... Didn't do crazy, did he? He did not push City Limits. Oh, did he do that as well? Tina Turner. Did he do that as well? Yeah, which, which is... I like that he done the Cher one as well. See the Cher one he's on the battleship? That uh, seemed like one of his. I wish it was. That him. seems, that feels um, very... It, it, it was him. Let, let's go back to, to what he done. So, he, he started out... Um, 
with um, a band called Poco and he made a video called Call of Richard Marks. I'm imagining you know this band, Poco. No, I don't, but you I don't. do know Richard Marks. Richard Marks done the song Hazard. No, they're not. Which uh, my band covered recently, <laughs> and so there's a quick plug as well with a nice cover of Hazard, which was a early 90s um, song about a boy that grew up in a town that he moved to and his girlfriend dies and they blame him for it. Okay. Proper story, man. Really, really good. Is he living in South Detroit as well? Maybe, maybe. Possibly. <laughs> um, he then moved on to do Tyler Collins, What You Gonna Do? I don't know Tyler Collins yeah, either. Greg Allman, I'll be holding on. That Allman who died recently? Maybe. There's an Allman who died recently, I don't know what it was though. Yeah, this is where it gets interesting. Okay. Donny Osmond. I'd seen that Donny, why Donny Osmond? Why Donny Osmond stuff like I want to know, I've not seen the video, I want to know, there is a video that got just Donny Osmond by strippers. No. Donny Osmond killed robots, but that'd also be amazing. Um, but back then, this was 1989, so the Osmond and Donny have got a relationship? As much as a Mormon and a, a robot killer can. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Um, Donny Osmond, my love is a fire. My God. Um, sticks, love is a ritual stick. Are Sticks a Glasgow man? I don't believe they are. Uh, I'll check that for you in my channel. Oh, but then Mr. Fucking Michael Bay done Playboy. Yes. Terry Kendall, September 1990 video calendar. I'm sure you done like Code of Secret stuff as well later on as well. I was keeping that a secret because it's not his IMDb. Okay. Michael Bay, you fucking behave yourself, man. Yeah. Robot, sir. He is a man who seems to enjoy the excess of life. He likes flesh. He does like he flesh. He likes shooting flesh like yeah. it's a fucking canal. Yeah. Play that funky music. White boy? I think it's um, a vanilla ice <laughs> cover version. My god. But then it starts to explain the Marky Mark connection. It does, obviously. He, he, he would hang about the Marky Mark. He started to put wee kind of links I mean, yeah. He knows Marky Mark from his funky bunch days. His, ne his next one was uh, Vanilla Ice, I Love You. Is he, is he substituted Donny Osmond for Vanilla Ice? Is that what well, he's doing? I, I thought Vanilla Ice just had one song. Apparently, Apparently not. Apparently no. he had more than Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> <laughs> We end on um, a band called Slaughter, um, a song called Up All Night. Slaughter again, a quintessential 80s, 90s, just hard grinding, fucking rock band, long hair, sweat. Okay, really never heard of them before in my life. Tyler Collins, uh, Second Chance, another music video. Um, what year we at right now, by the way? We're still in 1990. My god! Bear in mind, a music video is four minutes old, you could do a week's filming basically, yeah. Ten a fucking day for Michael Bay. Yeah, yeah. This is just porn money for him. Now. Yeah, basically, okay. Um, Louie Lou sitting in the lap of luxury, again, I don't know it at all. Britney Fox, do you know him? 1980? I don't know either. Britney Fox had a fucking hairband, and I loved him okay. back in the day as well. I used to dress like Britney Fox. Um, he went back to sticks again, still 1990. He so seems loyal to people he likes, though, doesn't he? He does, he, he seems loyal to people, yeah. Show me the way for this one. Um, Colin James, don't know who that is. Poco again, he went back to Poco, who was still talking about who they are. Donny Osmond again, then he loved Donny. That's maybe it's a, maybe it's a Donny thing, maybe he couldn't get Donny Wahlberg in the Transformers, so he went for Donny. So he went for Donny. So do you want, fuck you, Donny, I'll take Mark. Okay. Maybe, maybe that's what he And um, he then started working with Great White. 
Right, this is the band who. Heavy metal rock band, bleach blonde hair, spiky long, and set fire to clubs. Yes, he done a song called Congo Square. He uh, went on to a song called Remember My Name by House of Lords, which apparently you don't remember. No, don't remember. I don't remember. Um, I don't remember one of these songs yet. I don't think. So this is a big one that everyone will know. 1991. Tina Turner, Nutbush, Sam Okay, right, I know that song. Michael Bay done that fucking video. I can't, I can't remember the video. Um, I think it's just like in a roadside and dining right, okay. and shit like that, if I remember rightly, but it's a good video. Um, he then done another great white song called Rock and Roll. Great okay. white, we like do song titles in a big way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Great White again, my 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 the video collection, which okay. I'm assuming has got the last two Michael Bay videos on it. Um, oh, this this one I really I, this tickled me a lot. Do you remember a song called I Touch Myself by the Divinos? He done that one, didn't he? Yes. I know that song. <laughs> yeah. that one. Nice one. Um, he then worked with a um, musician called Kit Winger. No. A band winger called Can't Get Enough Again, Big Hair. Winger wore a kind of vest and is out with like handsome bastard of a guy. Tina Turner again, Love Thing, 1992. Right. Lionel Richie, do it to me. I mean, I it's, want it's a Richie truly horrific selection of songs so far. Wilson Phillips, no. you want to see me cry? Was Wilson Phillips the girl band or was that your dance? I have no idea. Right, okay. I've not recognised anything yet. Um, right, let's move on to... We're going to know this one, are you ready? Okay. I do anything for love. I that. that makes sense, that's a very epic video. <laughs> I do recall that video, that is a, that is a when problem. You, when you think about a video and you watch it back, you think, fuck, yeah, that's Michael Bay. So what Aerosmith song did he do? He did end up Meatloaf Rock and Roll Dreams Come Through. Right. Uh, meatloaf Objects in the Rear View Mirror Me Appear Close, especially your fucking Meatloaf. Okay. Um, fat joke here, sorry. Um, and then he done Meatloaf Battle at Hell 2 Pinch Show. This is 1994. Now we've got these movies. Okay, what, what I've learned right now is you have a really horrifically awful taste in music. I don't have you a have a, The fact you knew, I knew one song, two songs of the entire Dude, life there. I fucking got the 80s and 90s. That is a, like a heavy metal That is a truly awful taste in music. This shit was my, this is what led me on to Bon Jovi and then eventually Metallica and eventually Pearl Jamman. There's a uh, progression here. That is an awful, awful, awful thing. Fuck you. I'm not going to look up a single one of the songs. <laughs> I refuse at any point to it. So, but we're going to do it here. I will. What he done straight after Meatloaf is he decided to make um, a wee film that some people may have seen, something not called Bad Boys. I love Bad, bad Boys. Bad Boys, Bad Boys. What's going on? Yeah, I like Bad, bad Boys. Bad Boys, Will Smith and Matt Lawrence. Matt Lawrence, yes. Matt Lawrence. And Joe Pantolano as well. Joe Pantolano as well. Everybody loves Bad Boys, yeah. I like, no, I'm a big fan of Bad Boys. Yeah. Bad Boys is what I want. This is what, you, this is what Michael Bay can deliver. Yeah. It's a completely stupid premise. Absolutely ridiculous. But he pulls it off of enough charm and he Enough, the actors in the role have got enough charm of yeah. what they're doing that you're willing to watch it and um, go with them. The plot makes no sense in that film. Will Smith and, and Mark Watson. I mean, I get, funny, it's, funny it's Will Smith at um, Fresh Prince level when he's at Fresh when he was um, mm. on Fresh Prince Bel Air. I think it was it's, off the back of it, perhaps. Yeah. It's before Independence Day. It's before yes. Men in Black. So yeah. it's, it's, I think he'd done the what's he done with Soccer Channing? The Six-year separation. Uh-huh. He'd done that one. That was his sort of acting, sort of yeah. chops. He got that you one. Know, I think this probably helped 
that this probably part for Will Smith. This made this made Will Smith a movie star, yeah, yeah, not a movie star. In the past, they made Will Smith the Will Smith we know. This made him bankable, which yes. then made him a movie star. Yeah. And the Bad Boys the great film. What did you do after Bad Boys, Richard? I know the film right now, Colin. He's done The Rock. He did. Well, you one of my favourite films of all time. I love The Rock. The Rock is an amazing. It's a almost perfect. Yes. Yeah. In every sense. I showed you The Rock. Um, was it last Saturday we watched The Rock? She was not taken by it as much as I thought she would be. I think that's because she's silly and an idiot. But it's an amazing film. And this film, bear in mind, is 21 years old now. Yes. 21 fucking years old. And it holds up ridiculously. I was got, when I was down in London recently, I went to see a film at the, the Prince Charles uh, Cinema. But if I'd arrived the day before that, they were showing me the anniversary edition of The Rock. The Rock. And I was gutted I didn't get to see it. I was um, on the big screen. The Rock's got it all. It's funny, it's action, it's, it's witty. It's an insane cast. Moves. And yeah, the, the cast. Yeah, the cast is fucking wonderful. You, you know, Connery being at, I mean, outside the Untouchables is my favourite Connery role. Possibly, yeah. yeah possibly. I think he's phenomenal in it. You I get, do um, like him in Dragonheart a lot. He's just a voice in Dragonheart. He's a good voice. Cage. <laughs> It's amazing. Cage yeah, had that and Face Off out in the same 18 months. This is, again, this is when Cage and Smith were still yeah. really um, Also, one of the best villains in a film from, and probably, not ever, but like a really good, solid villain. Ed Harris. Yeah, he's very sympathetic. He's a good, but he, Ed Harris will make you a moat with that. You know, oh, you understand where he's coming from yeah, for most of the film. He's, he's not a bad guy. He's, he's a, doing bad things, but yeah, he's but a bad but guy. But for a good reason yeah, in many ways, yeah. Possibly, yeah. Um, you've also got Tony Todd. Yeah. You've got John C. McGinley. Yeah. You've got Michael Bian. Bian, Bian, I'm confused. Let us know your thoughts. Now, I say Bian, you say Bian. Some people say Bean. Yeah. Uh, you get Claire Fulani as well, playing Sean Connery's daughter. Yeah. You've got John Spencer as yeah. well. It is a phenomenal it's, cast. Yeah. It's a brilliant film. It holds up, like I said, quite one years later, it still holds up immensely well. Immensely and that well. is again what they can do. You can take a, again, a completely ridiculous premise. Mental theory. And make a film. Make a film of it by casting it well. And then making the action scenes big, but believable to some degree. And it works, and it's a phenomenally good film. It's coherent, though. You, understand, you don't walk away from rock thinking, I don't understand that film. It's a bit, it's a bit that he's got to get on that island, yeah. defuse the bombs, yeah. that's it's it. It's very coherent. From start to ah. finish, you're not bogged down with twists and turns and no. stuff like that. And I don't know why he's kind of went this way, but um, we'll see more of this as well. And you can see it, it has made coherent films. Yeah. Um, I mean, after the rock, I mean, the guy consistently done Armageddon. No, he didn't. What did he do next? No, he didn't. He done Aerosmith. Falling in love after the rock. Okay, I'm not. I'm refusing now to discuss Michael Bay's music career. He's a film director now. Obviously, he's worked with Aerosmith a lot. He's thought, you know what? These guys are so good. I'm going to write a movie called Armageddon. It's loosely based on on Steven Tyler's drug life. No, it's not. I think it is. No, it's not. I think it is. You guys might be some bullshit there. I think the rock was. I mean, what a track that, 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 that Tyler had left over from his party days. No. And that's, that's the purpose of the movie, but it's a metaphor. And you know what Michael Bay is saying? It's like, Steven Tyler does a lot of crack. We all know this, it's not hidden. It was back then. No, it wasn't. And he thought, well, Bruce Willis better go and get that track back for Steven Tyler before shit starts to go wrong. Okay. I think that's, that's what Armageddon's really about. On to Armageddon. On to Armageddon. <laughs> the real Armageddon. Jesus. 
Again, I love Armageddon. I love Armageddon. I adore Armageddon in a way I, I can do. The first thing is that song just pops in your head. I don't like You mean the, back, the Backstreet Boys song? No. They tell me I don't like Cosmo. He's a Smith song. You mean the one that was written for the Backstreet Boys? Was it? Yeah. Who was it? Ruben who wrote that was for the Backstreet Boys, which wrote for them. Uh, they rejected it and Aerosmith done it. Oh, I'm glad you did. Aerosmith done a fucking good job. I think the real look of sadness in your eyes when I said that. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Taylor did not write that song. Did they not? No, it's a, a kind of the woman who wrote it. It's one of those sort of real sort of songwriters. Doesn't do, record herself just write for other people. It was a bloody good song. It's a great song. It fits that beautifully. And the video for the fucking song is almost as good as the movie for the. Video. No, it's not. The movie's amazing. The movie is amazing. Because you've got a cast. Is it the last great Bruce film? Last great Willis film? Ooh. Maybe not. I think I have the Avengers was it after this, was it? No, about before it. Was it before? Yeah, before it. Okay. Um, we've gone down the beret we've got another time we've got another time Benji Benji Batflight Wasn't Dan Shatland? No this was just after Good Will Hutton won the Oscar So yeah he was still up there He was still he, he, he got cast on this while he was doing Chasing Amy Yeah so he was still people who you know, he was really doing his chops and yep. good acting Steve Buscemi Buscemi is magnificent Riding a fucking crack cocaine rope the size yeah. of fucking Manhattan You've yeah. got Owen Wilson Owen Wilson as well. You've yes. got Michael Clark Duncan. Yep. You've got one of the best 37 percenters in the game, William Fickner. William Fickner's in it. He rocks in that film as and well. And of course the gloriously beautiful Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler. You've also got every other actor who's ever played a military general at any point in it. <laughs> You've got Jason Isaacs in an amazing role at the start of the film as well. Yeah. That, I mean, again, this film, I love this film. Stellar cast. Again, the plot ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's a stupid plot, but again, it's a simple plot. Get to the asteroid, blow oh, up an asteroid. Yeah. Whatever happens on its way there is whatever happens, but that's the plot of that film. Oh, the real plot was it's Thursday night, Steve's out the party Friday, he wants no, his job back, Buscemi ride at home. That's it has also got my favourite line of pretty much any film almost. Which is? Um, permission to shake the hand of the bravest man of our, or the daughter of the bravest man I've ever met, when William Fickner goes to uh, Liv Tyler. It just, it makes me cry when I hear the line. Oh, it's, it's a beautiful yeah. line, I'm like, oh, Again, it makes no sense in the film as well. But so, I love that movie. After Armageddon. If you give me some other shit music, we're not going to walk away. Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor. Oh. And this is where Ben got fucking torn apart. This is where people Ben and G- G- Ben. This and Gigi. Yeah, yeah, really kind of. And Jersey Girl come out long, not long after the movie? I've never seen Pearl Harbor, and I'm, I'm ashamed to say it's probably because of the bad press. Bad press? Yeah, and I'm sure it's not as bad as people say. Um, it's is it? Is it Jill? It is the, I have, you know myself, I will very rarely, if ever, walk out of a film, as you know. I came very close walking out of this. Oh, really? Only kept me in this film is the one I was with my dad, who wouldn't let me walk out because he would pay for the ticket. Good man. And number yes, two, I had Affleck in it as well. Um, the film itself is longer than the attack on Pearl Harbor. Is it a three-hour runtime? It is a three-hour runtime. It is, and it it gets a three-hour runtime. Again, it's probably got the problem that we're getting to develop now with with with, um, with Bay. Too many plots. It starts off with Affleck going to Britain to fight for the RAF. Okay. While leaving his best friend back home to look after his, his wife. Who is girlfriend at the time? Girlfriend? Who's girlfriend? Is it Kate, not Kate Bosworth. Kate Blanchett. No, the one who's um, 
the daughter of Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's yeah. lovely in it because she's yeah. all 1940s red lipstick. No, she's got a look about her, yeah. Definitely yeah, a look about sure. her. Affleck then comes back from the war in, in ways you'll. I'm not going to ruin it for you. Watch it. No. I'm, I'm not going to ruin it for him. Can't make me. Don't make me. To find out that his best mate is shagging. Josh Hartnett. Oh, no, Josh Hartnett is his best mate is shagging Kate Beckinsdale. Josh Hartnett's a handsome guy, though. I'm on the fence with this one now. Yeah. Um, I like Josh Hartnett a lot. Then, Pearl Harbor hits. They have the Pearl Harbor attack, which in itself, scale-wise, is epic and it is phenomenal. Oh, it's good, and, and in terms of filmmaking, it is phenomenal to watch again. After Pearl Harbor happens, they can't just end it with like sort of like American flag flying low and you know, 10,000 men die, blah, blah, you know, all that kind of stuff. They have to then have a reprise attack on Japan, which I don't, even know, if, I don't know if it did happen or not, I've not read enough into it. I think it maybe did. did it actually happen? I remember my history quickly, but. We're talking about months after. They yeah. had no strategic value to the war, it just was a proper like, you hit us, we're going to hit you, and we'll probably all die doing this. Terrible, yeah. um, I don't know if I have or not. Again, it's what again, too many plots in this film, too many big name actors in it who have no screen time. Nothing to do in it. Like, Junior's in it. Okay. He has about 15 Does he minutes. He plays a black American soldier. He plays a black cook. Oh, Why was he black? Of course he played a black guy. He's not going to play anything on black guy. Well, I'm just saying, the man's got chops. Yeah. You know, I'm just saying, he has won an Oscar. Yeah, he won two Oscars, I believe. There you go. He wants to play yeah. a white man. He, um, he plays an American, uh, like a cook on a boat who gets to fire a gun. Right. Uh, you've also got um, the guy from Trainspotting, isn't it? Not you, uh, you Bremner. Right, Spud. Spud's in Spud's it as well. Spud's in Trainspotting, he's in it as well. You've also got Alec Baldwin in it as well. Oh. Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin would be very bombastic, Alec Baldwin. You've also got. What's in it, Tom? Again, William Fickner turns up in it. Strawberry Pants, though. I like him in it, but it's a, it's it's overly long. It, it's living in the world after Titanic, which is, let's take an historical event, put a love story into it as well, the drive flush out. So, normally the boys want to see shit blow up, the girls can come and watch somebody fall in love. So, here's what I think should happen. I think Michael Bay has to retcon Pearl Harbor. Go back and it turns out ah they're all fucking transformers. Exactly. You drop a ball on us, transformers. Not only that will probably happen, it probably will be awful as well. Well Uh, I think my movie my movie fucking pitch right there. Michael Bay, if you're listening, you know that that's the film to make if you want some help on it. Yeah, sure do it on that. It's cool. Okay. After Pearl Harbor. After Pearl Harbor we went with um, Faith Hill, there'll be you, which I think is a country video again. Yes, it is. Um, Bad Boys Bad 2. Bad Boys 2, which wasn't as good as Bad Boys 1, but was still a whole but, shitload of fun. But Bad Boys 2 is, again, it's it ups the ante and scale so much. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, massively. One proved its chops, too. Yeah. So, like, you do what you want. Now, I right? prefer Bad Boys 2 or Bad Boys 1. How dare you, sir? Bad Boys 2's got Henry Rollins in it. Doesn't make it a better film. I, I mean, I disagree. I think it does. <laughs> I like. Um, hi Martin Lawrence as well when he's in it I enjoyed that Martin bit Lawrence, no, high. <laughs> and this is really high in this one um, so I enjoyed that part of it I, I enjoy Bad Boys 1 Bad Boys 1 I mean both are ridiculous and stupid both of them yes I mean this film halfway through is where Martin Lawrence has this shit get real thing mm. that is a moment after they've killed about 1500 people and had a three way chase where they're throwing coffins out the back only at that point are they going now it's getting real I think you're right it's bigger in scale but I don't think it's quite got the charm and the 
kind of sharp script's not as sharp as one of them fair enough one's a bit more fun two definitely looks bigger bigger stunts and you know bigger kind of sets and stuff like that but I fun fun number one I'm more fun for me if I had to watch one again because I don't think I'm that reverse to watch any of them but I'll be watching Bad Boys 2 again rather okay. Bad Boys 1 well, I'll go, I'll go up, so I'll spin you around the yeah, you go Bad Boys 1 before Bad Boys 2 again. Next. Don't you dare talk about Lionel Richie, Next. not listening to Lionel Richie stuff. Lionel Richie? Hello? No, no. You're looking for? Move on from Lionel no. Well, you can't just skip past Lionel yes, Richie. Yes, we can. Like he wasn't made. I'm refusing to acknowledge Bay's music career right now. He's a film director at this point in time. Who happened to make a Lionel Richie collection? Anyway. Uh, if anyone's interested. No, what that said is he's done one Lionel Richie video and released a DVD and he's on one of the DVDs. That's what I'm trying to say there. Okay. Okay. Uh, next to them, Ireland, which stars Scourge and you uh, McGregor. You McGregor. I've seen bits. I've not seen Don't all see of it. The no, film. it's is awful. It it's awful. Why? The plot makes no sense. The acting is poor. So this is right. Okay. So this is where Michael Bay starts to sacrifice. No, this is no, this has not got as many big scenes in it. It's not got as much um, convoluted plot. It's just an awful film. It's a bad movie. Really? It's a dull film as well. Scourge will not save it. No. I think this is Johansson. Scarlett has done some shit films. I mean, you look back and she's done some dodgy films. She has, yeah. This is what I think she wants tripping the record. Right. And imagine McGregor, of all the stuff he's been in, again, he's been in, he was in some of the bad Star Wars as well. He wasn't bad in the bad Star Wars. No, but he was in them. He was in the bad Star Wars films. I reckon he'll pick the island to strip from his record as well. So, yeah. What I've found, is, I've not seen all of it, I've seen bits of it, but whenever I catch a bit of it, it's a futuristic movie. It feels like a film. It doesn't seem futuristic. No. But that's the problem. Is there's no sense of sci-fi in there. It, you know, it's just man. It's the problem with it. It feels like a Philip K. Dick idea. The same yeah. way, not, but it's ah, not. But it, yeah, and, and it's just set on you know, could be anywhere, a beach in Persia. Yeah, it's a bad film. Yeah. Do not watch it. Okay. Avoid it at all costs. After that. After that. Transformers. Transform- and I like the Transformers. First Transformers movie, yeah. Um, sometimes the Transformers, how do Transformers get caught at times, you know? Like, I like that, I thought it was really cool. Um, I think that's a problem with the newest ones, that they, they transform too easily. I think you just go and that's <laughs> And that's it, but I like the idea that they can click into place. But and then, when you go back to the toys in the 80s, um, I'm older than Richard, so I can remember this, the original Transformers toys were like, unopened it in half, and that was a Transform. Now, I've got a box of Transformers at home and one of them is so convoluted that honestly <coughs> I can sit for four hours and still not put this in the yard, seriously. So I don't know if they're maybe kind of, you know, the time the old school one in the H cartoon was that they would drive along and blink, it's a car, blink again, it's a fucking robot. That yeah, I mean, I get that, but I mean, you can't really do that in a film, because that's building a robot, you want to see a scale to this yeah. thing un- un- unraveling and unveiling itself. Um, but no, the, the first one then, um, Interestingly, I would probably say Optimus Prime has got as much screen time in that as it has in the new one. Possibly, But yeah. it uses it a lot, use it a lot better. It, it doesn't have a lot of in the first one, but yeah, when it is there, it's relevant because the first one had a fucking plot. Uh-huh. And it made sense, and you could fall from A through to Z, and you knew where you were going. The relatively simple idea of that, that one, you know? It was, yeah. And even, it's, even the opening line of that film was, there is a cube, we don't know where it came from, we don't know where it does, and you go, that's what it picks up. They don't know shit, it's a completely yeah, ridiculous a, plot. Therefore, you're okay with it from that point on. And is Shia, Shia LaBeouf 
he could talk to him all right as well. But I like Boba Fett. He's, that he's film. good in it. He's fun. He's like Woody Allen. Yeah. He's new. If Woody Allen done an action film, this is what it would be. He goes for it. He gives it his all. And then you had Megan Fox. And again, I don't think she's a great actress. No, she's not. She's an awful actress. She's a really, really pretty girl. I mean, she's very pretty. Yeah. Suits her. You know, it kind of highlights her. And the both of them work well together. I mean, he's not really subtle with his highlight. You know, it's just something that brick to the head. Yeah. He's not. It's almost boring. I mean, it basically is. Also, you've got the the family, like the the mum and dad, who are then really charming. Really funny in the first, second one, and not as much later on yet. But they have a wee cameo because again, that's when they find that people are funny and they use them too much in the next one. Yeah. But in that film, it's barely used. John Turturro's funny in it as well. You had a great scene as well when the Transformers are in the house. They're trying to hide. Yeah, that felt very Spielbergian to me yeah, all the way through it, you know. A, a and again, with this one, you've got between six and ten robots. Yeah, roughly. You yeah. don't know who they all are. You get all their names. Yeah. It all have their stars. <laughs> whereas now, you just like robot A, B, C. You don't know who they are. You don't care about them. So you're right, 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 right. After that, can you guess what he done after Transformers? He done Transformers 2, Revenge of the Fallen. He didn't take a break. He thought, do you know what? I'm going to fuck the robot. Because they made a lot of money and he's going to go for it. Revenge of the Fallen, I thought was bad. Um, I thought it was fun. More fun than the first one. Not as coherent, but more fun. Nah, not at all. Um, I quite enjoyed Revenge of the Fallen. Is that the one with the old robot in it? Where they go to the... Aerospace Museum, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that one, the, the smash at the balls at the end and stuff like that, that was kind of funny. Again, that one jumps a lot as well. The first one, although it did yeah. move a lot, it was all kind of roughly the same geographical area. That one moves all over the place again. It's, yeah. it's continent jumping yeah. at times. it goes for the case and the case, and they do lose it a lot, they do. Um, just on a quick cycle, interestingly, the, the, the Black Soldier in the Transformers movie, Sergeant X, yes. is his name. He is the boy that plays the voice of Cyborg in pretty much every animated version oh, of Cyborg. And he's also Ezekiel from Walking Dead. How oh, is he? Very good, nice. sir. Now you know. Information we know, no. <laughs> Thank you. But um, next he done... Dark Element. Which was terrible. That was awful. It was dreadful. It was absolutely awful. It was bad. I mean... I think at this point, people were, were accepting a Transformers. Transformers 2, people were getting like, you know, wait a minute. This one, yeah, you can't forgive them because you're like, you know, you've had two films now to, to get your shit together. And Darker Moon opens with that film, uh, the big fight in the forest, doesn't it? When and they kill Optimus, doesn't it? That's an awesome scene. And then it goes downhill. Yeah, but that's in the first ten minutes of the film. That that's, should have been the film. Right? That yeah. should have been the end of the film. Yeah, just stop. You it, build yeah. up to that and actually finish it. Or if you start with that. You have then a whole the the the, um, the aftermath of that, and then not just worry about the fact that you bring them back ten minutes, you know, a couple of hours later. And this is where it starts more and more for robots at you. Yes. You know, dick bot, fucking retard bot, fucking toaster bot, fucking light bulb bot. Is it is um, <coughs> dark in the moon the one with the giant balls? Or that? I think that's Revenge of the Fallen, Fallen okay. could be mistaken, don't quote me that. Well, Revenge of the Fallen's the one with the balls, the one that's set in Egypt. Egypt, the Tyler Pyramid. I think that is Revenge of the Fallen. Fallen. Yeah. And Dark of the Moon is completely forgettable. I don't remember the plot of Dark of the Moon. Exactly, because it is completely forgettable. This is, this is the trendy setting. Um, you kind of see it as we go through more of these movies, but you can see it's from Dark of the Moon. Um, I thought I've not seen, which I want to see because it's got the rock on it and I've got a massive boner for the rock, is Pain and Gain. I like Pain and Gain. I've heard good things about because it. Because Pain and Gain is such a ridiculous real life story that the yeah. stuff that you think Michael Bay is making up to make it sound ridiculous it's is true. actually true. Yeah, it um, it's got a lot of charm, it's pretty, again, utterly dumb. 
but it's almost reserved in many ways. Yeah. Like it's not quite as insane. Cause he can't drop a bomb on the place. He can't drop a robot on it. Get a true life story. So I actually rather enjoy playing in game. Again, also it is kind of forgettable after it though. Like it didn't really stay as good as that at the time, and I don't know if I go back to any time soon and watch it. But at the time I watched it, first time watch when it. I watched it, I enjoyed the first time round. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. I was going to do what I do all the rocks. I will get into it eventually. But it, it does seem almost like if you give Michael Bay robots, he's going to be a dick. Take these toys away, and he can still maybe make a decent film. Can yes. Okay. Um, Transformers Age of Extinction, I didn't watch it, um, I'm, I, again, kind of stressed up, I'm a huge Transformers fan, I've got a box of these fucking toys at home, I've watched it for ages onwards, and I gave up at this point, I just, you know, I didn't watch it. It's, it's bad. Yeah. Um, it has got an amazing line in the film though, when Titus Welliver and Marky Mark are talking, and Marky Mark goes, have you got a warrant, and Titus just replies to him going, my face is my warrant. A line that makes no sense, <laughs> but is delivered with such intensity by Titus Welliver that I believe his face you is a warrant. Yes, it's a film that they, they basically put the Dinobots in. The dino, are they called yeah, Dinobots? Dinobots. Yeah. But they're in it purely as a toy, again, toy selling as all these films are. They're, they're in it briefly. Again, I mean, Grimlock, Slag, and the rest of the Dinobots. They're big news for their Transformers, yeah. which we love those characters. And yeah, Michael Bay's taking them, shooting them into a film. Well, I thought they'd be in the next film, and again, shoehorned them in again. They shoehorned that into, they'll show the fact they were in China, because all the Chinese love these films, so they made sure they were in China. There's a moment in this film, this film could have been, like, Michael Bay is aware of things, because, remember, the, remember the, the rumour or the story on set of him throwing the air conditioner at the runner? In this film, they have Marky Mark climbing down an office front, or a, a building front, knocking air conditioners off at people. <coughs> and they felt very like Michael Bay going, I know what happened, I know what you don't happen. Ah, yeah. yeah. But that seems to be the limit of Michael Bay. He obviously is aware of what the world he knows yeah. about him, but he just not uh, want to embrace him. So yeah, Age of Extension, it should have been amazing. Dinobot should have been amazing. It had Optimus Everybody Prime with a sword on the back of a T-Rex. And it was boring. It was, it was so dull, bad. yeah, yeah. absolutely dull. Which it should never, ever, ever, ever be. Um, after that, the, this is, one that I really enjoyed. I don't know if you've seen this. I think you saw it together, but not. 13 hours, the soldiers up in Gaza. Yes, regardless of the politics or the situation. Yeah. I quite enjoyed it as a movie. I really enjoyed it. This one is set in Iraq, I believe, where there's some American soldiers who Because that is not Iraq, it's not Libya. I think it's Iraq. It's set in the Middle East. Yes. American soldiers get attacked in the compound and they have to basically hold off 13 hours until hell arrives. Almost zero, yeah, yeah, but the action is, is like Transformers, the robots, so you see the Michael Bay action, uh -huh. but there's people in it as well. There's a certain, there's a fuck about the characters. Bay can structure an action scene when he wants to, you know, it, it, yeah. it makes sense. Absolutely. It turns John Kuzinski into a badass as well. Yeah. It's, it's, again, it's a film, it's not perfect anyway, there's a lot of problems with it. Absolutely, you pick holes in it and stuff like that. An absolutely watchable movie. But what, what really got me was um, this was on the back of the, the, the last two Transformers movies, and I would end this trepidation of fuck here we go again, you know, yeah. Michael Bay, let's see what you hit me. And I was really, really genuinely surprised it was like really enjoyable film, and I would 
Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's, a, it's a well watchable film. It's definitely yeah. one, it's not the best one from it. It's definitely there's a lot in it you actually look at actually yeah. behind. It, it, it goes for the heart and it gets yeah. the feels out you. It gets you know you feel like you get a sense of kind of war from it and how dreadful it is. Really, it does it well. Like if you had to ask me to watch say like that or Black Hawk Down, oh, I'd probably watch Thirteen Hours before I watch Black Hawk Down yeah. again. In fact, it was a fine film. I mean, but I would actually no, prefer to know the couple of black holes. It's a really good film. You haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely worth a watch. After 13 hours. Was the um, new Transformers? Yeah, he's, he's buying up today, which uh, <laughs> we've discussed at length earlier. Um, upcoming projects, just while we're here, for Michael Bay, is he's got something in development called Time Salvager, uh, where a convict is sent to Earth from an apocalyptic future in order to save it. So, 12 monkeys? 12 Monkeys Time Cop. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? Could be Michael Bay's vehicle as long as it doesn't have a chance. It could be, but I mean, I am sure before that he will churn out an old Transformers movie. Oh, I'm sure another three or four or six or seven. Yeah. yeah. Could have set it up for more. I mean, yeah. like, what we can discuss here, like, you know, Bay, you can sort of tell, he's a man who goes out, he can make a pretty film, he can make a, a pretty film, make a pretty scene, yeah. he can make an action movie, he needs a story and a structure yeah. to it. Um, one, of, one of our friends had mentioned in the floor that, that on paper, um, technically Michael Bay is like the best director on a technical level, when like, you take his work shot by shot, technically it's better than everybody else's, oh. but yeah, he just can't make a fucking story. Yeah. So, the same way that if you take film by film, Stan Lee's the greatest actor of all based on pure box office. Yeah. He's not a good actor, my friend. You know, he, he can't act, you know, so. Um, I mean, it seems to be the same, the, the, the same way that the boy fucking that's making DC just now. Do you know what I mean? yeah. He makes a really good looking film, but he just can't do fucking characters. He can't do plot, yeah. George Lucas syndrome, I think, was just much Lucas is much the same, though. Lucas makes a good looking film. Amazing film, so beautiful. But plot wise. You cringe at the dialogue, and a lot of it's, you know, doesn't kind of flow, and I think that's the problem today. Um, again, but then, you know, 13 Hours is only done last year, so he can still cut out the bag and surprise you. He can, yeah, but yeah. We'll see more of that day and not. Let's make another fucking Transformers movie. We want, we want the Rock Bay, that's what we want back. Yeah. I also he done Connie, it must have been, um, I don't know, I can't Tony Scott done. I think it was. He's done I also he done Connie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we want, we want Rock Armageddon. Yeah, Michael Bay. That, that bring him back. I've been to put all in here, that's the baby we want. You know, leave the robots on, I give it to someone else. You've done your part, and um, you know, move on to that. Um, just on a quick side note before we wrap up for this evening, um, Michael Bay, as a producer, has his hand in pretty much every Blumhouse film. But that's, that's uh, printing money, that's why. Yeah, but he does a lot of horror films, so he's obviously got some affinity with a horror zone now, he's got a lot of horror stuff in there. Yeah, you can't, you can't do low, you can't do big budget horror. No, you, no, you can't. Or if you can, it's probably... Horror so. film is going to be dark and nasty. Yeah, but he seems to have his fingers in his pies, so it'd be nice what, to what, see... What would he do as a producer? Where did he get involved with Blumhouse? Uh, what would he get involved in? Give me a quick second of... Because I mean, that's what I mean. Blumhouse will be low risk for him. You'll put maybe say a million, half a million bucks into it. Producer credit. We'll probably get four times the money out that he put into it, and that's why he does it. You know, it's, it's, it's low risk for him. How much creative control he has over these kind of films, I probably guess is very it's limited. A, yeah, he's maybe not got a lot of kind of award in this stunt. Because that's... That, that shut the fuck up, you gave us 50 grand, don't be a dick that's, that's the Blumhouse model as well. Blumhouse seems to favour the writer-director model. So that's why they go there, they, they take less money by giving freedom to do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. so uh, as a producer, um, some of the stuff is producer, um, again, Richard says, 
Het is dat je ziet het meten fucking meten. Ja. En dan moet je gewoon zo'n mooi. En als je kijkt naar de bloedhuis van je boys, je bloedhuis van je boys, 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 Um, Transfader the 13th, did he make? No, terrible. Off, oh, off, off, off the movie. A film called Young Born. No, I've not seen it. Did he make The Nightmare Elm Street? Terrible. Um, you know, there's no sequel to that film. I am number four. I like I am number four. I dig I am number four. Like, yeah, well. I'm a fan of that one. Um, and then. Um, I am number four is the one who done um, Josh Trank, isn't it? The guy who directed um, Fantastic Four. I believe it was, yeah. yeah he he shot the bed, basically. The Punch. The one? The Punch. They filmed they make them for less than two million each. Yeah. And they're now making a, a, a grand I think they turn on fifty million so of He's making money. He's making back. massive money uh, on those films. He was a producer on Ouija as well. That is one of the worst horror scenes I've seen in a long, long time. Project Almanac. I like well, it's it's a, right. yeah. a good time travel film, yeah, I like that uh, film. He's done his two Tuttles films and then the pub direction. He wasn't directing the Tuttles, was he? Just producing the Tuttles. Just producing yeah. And Ouija. Origin of Evil, Jack Ryan, TV series, not, not seen it. And then Transformers, so it seems to have a, a, a like, for horror. I'd like to see him making a horror film. Give, uh, him, a, give him a million bucks, see what he can do with a, a cameraman. Yeah. I think he could do something interesting. Because um, as, as a film, just do zombie robots, maybe. Because as a film, say, as a film director, he's never really done anything that's under, say, a 50 million or 80 million budget. It's uh, always. Yeah, he's. he's Money to do what he wants, so it's the same range because that would maybe make him think more about the characters and the shooting exactly. rather than big flashy explosions. It may be a good thing for him. Exactly, exactly. You know, the lack of budget can maybe breed ingenuity as yeah, opposed to just throwing cash at it all the time. And it'd be good to see a horror film from it. And Blumhouse, again, they seem to do no wrong just now, so maybe that's a part they of They do a lot wrong, but everything's such low risk that yeah. if they do wrong, yeah. it's not a big deal. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, Michael Bay. Um, a 20 minute nutshell. Yeah, which is <laughs> boom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Michael, you, you've done really well to start and you've kind of gotten sillier and sillier, you know, just bring it bring back, back in. Yeah, bring it back yeah, in, bring it back yeah, in, yeah. Bring it back, you know, give, yeah. us, give us what we all love about you. Don't worry about anymore. But we will continue to watch a movie, so you prick. Yeah. That's another thing we are all going to keep watching these fucking things. That's the damn thing. We're going to keep watching these damn movies. We will. We always hope the next one will be Armageddon or it will be Connie. Um, Armageddon 2, The Revenge of the Optimus Submarine. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, looking forward to next week. Yeah, yeah the big things out. Show. We've got Spickle Me 3. Okay. Some of you and the kids are going to go and see that one. First two films are great. Um, yeah, I think the kids are going to go and see it with their mum, not with their dad, but um, their dad's going to go and see Spider Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Man and Homecoming. Homecoming. Yeah. out on Wednesday, hopefully, we get to see that before the next one. Yeah. You've also got out this week The House. Is that a horror film? No, it's Will Ferrell, Amy Poehler one. All right, fuck just, that. Yeah, yeah, Spider-Man, I'm already yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah, you've also got Alone in Berlin as well, which is like a kind of Cold War type thing. It looks no. interesting. Um, All Eyes on Me, the two-part Shakur movie. Yeah. I was thinking about this. I, I was thought, because me, me and you both went and seen Straight Outta Compton. Yeah. And we had kind of, we are, our knowledge of NWA is limited. Very. My knowledge of Tupac is yeah. he's dead. But it, that's, that's, what, that's what I think is NWA had no really knowledge of other fans. I know Ice Cube was in, I know Easy was in, and all yeah. that kind of But I enjoyed that film immensely. I thought it was yeah. a great movie. I know nothing about Tupac other than he nothing. was a rap man who yeah. died. 
that's uh, pretty much the same as yeah. dead, and that's it. But then that's maybe the excuse to go and see it, to, to educate, possibly. I don't think we're really going to tell you that, go on, my friend. It, it, it might. If one of us go and see it, we can let it all know, but I think that's maybe the reason yeah. to see it is, you know, let's learn about Tupac, and maybe there's more there, maybe you're quite thinking, so what? Fucking whole new level of respect for Tupac, everybody was. True, but as we talk today is Wednesday, 28th of June. The film we all should want to see, and everyone should want to see, is Baby Driver, which is out on general release today. Baby Driver, um, I'm going for a second year on Friday. Nice one. I'm going to go and see it in 4DX, so I'm really, really excited that, I mean, to see it a second time. The 4DX aspect of any film to me just seems like a, a figure where I don't want to see it, but Baby Driver might be the one coming go, I do I'm quite fancy that, yeah. I, yeah, you've got thrown around a lot that movie. Yeah. It'll be fun, but I'm, I'm, I missed the first open three minutes of it, the first time around I saved last week, so I'm looking forward it's a good to seeing it. It's a good open three minutes, it, yeah. It had uh, <laughs> almost a highlight of the movie, and you missed it. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that on Friday. Um, but yeah, hopefully next week we'll both see Spider-Man and that'll be like yeah, I hope for Spider-Man, yeah. I mean, it depends on where we're going to see it. It's out on Wednesday. Hopefully do it then. Yeah, hopefully okay, uh, we've been at Three Beers and Movies. So, so, yeah, so find us on Twitter at Three Beers and Movies. That's the number three. Three Beers and a Movie. You want to email it, it's at at freebeersandamovie at gmail.com again the number three yep. beersandamovie at gmail and um, we're also on Facebook at Facebook at freebeersandamovie the number three beersandamovie so any questions you've got good, bad and different you want to tell us what's up or great next, let us know and we'll try and answer if you're listening on iTunes or SoundCloud you can rate us yeah. so try and rate us like Give us nice reviews. If you don't like us, then don't be mean to us. Yeah, just tell us, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool with that. Don't, don't, don't yeah. overdo it. Don't Michael Bay. Yeah, don't, don't, don't Michael Bay. No, be yeah. <laughs> classic. At worst, three stars as a recommendation. You know. But yeah, reviews and boots are always welcome. Um, I've been Colin McKay. That's been Richard Lear. And we'll catch up with you guys next week. You'll be listening to Three Beers in a Movie. Bye, bye. Three beers in a movie.